Worship of celestial phenomena, especially the sun and the moon, can be found in many cultures and religions. The sun and the moon were anthropomorphized and were usually depicted as mighty deities with divine power, although they look different in different cultures and religions. But can you imagine there is a place where these powerful beings are all gathered together? Not in a Marvel movie, but in Cave 285 of the Dunhuang Mugao complex. Hello, and welcome to Why We Love Dunhuang. Previously, we only have approximate times of construction for the earliest caves we explored so far at Dunhuang. Experts can only roughly calculate when these caves were built. Cave 285, which we're going to explore in this episode, is in fact the earliest example of a cave with a precisely dated inscription in it. It was built between AD 538 and 539. Of course, the date that was recorded is from the Chinese calendar and has had to be converted to our modern dating system using our knowledge of Chinese history. We will unveil the proof of the date later. Cave 285 can be regarded as the most classic of the Dunhuang grottoes, reflecting as it does the meeting and integration of multiple civilizations. Following the founding of the Northern Wei Dynasty, the whole of Chinese society, from top officials to civilians, was devoted to Buddhism. Later, the Northern Wei Dynasty divided into the Eastern Wei and Western Wei, but Buddhism continued spreading in the country. It is no wonder that Cave 285, built in a booming period of Buddhism, is considered one of the most special caves in Dunhuang, with its design, its rich content, religious objects, aesthetic ideals and art form. In fact, there is so much to see, and we will have to use two episodes to examine this cave. Okay, let's start this virtual tour. Both the depth and width of this cave is a little over 6 meters, and the total space is about 40 square meters. According to rough statistics, the murals on the four walls and the ceiling of the cave cover approximately 200 square meters. It is the largest of the three monastery-type caves in Dunhuang, with a pyramid-shaped ceiling with a flat central area providing generous surfaces for mural decorations. When you walk into the cave, you must raise your eyes and take a look at the ceiling of the cave. At the Mugao grottoes, not only the surface of the walls and niches were used for paintings, the sloped ceilings were also utilized, often with brilliant imagination, to depict a wide variety of themes. The overall theme of this cave is meditation practice, the main focus of Northern Chinese Buddhism at the time. All around the cave, along the top of the walls, a range of mountain peaks is painted. Below the mountains are 36 monks in meditation. The depictions of natural scenes, heaven and peaceful forests show that people were longing for a paradise, especially during times of turmoil, suffering and slaughter. 
The ceiling painting of Cave 285 appears to be a depiction of the heavens in Buddhist cosmology. The sky is populated with celestial beings, demigods and mystical creatures. On the east slope of the ceiling, two serpent-tailed figures are flying towards the brilliant Mani Pearl, supported by a lotus held by two wrestlers. The Mani Pearl is regarded as a magic, wish-fulfilling pearl in Buddhism. The serpent-tailed couple are quite familiar to Chinese people. In Chinese myth, they are the first ancestors of human beings. The male figure is holding a set square and a carpenter's ink marker in the picture, and he represents the sun. The female on the opposite side is called Niuwa and is holding a compass. She represents the moon. The tools they are holding are woodworking tools, used to draw circles, squares and straight lines in ancient China. Why do Chinese gods like to do carpentry? Well, Chinese ancestors believed that the earth was square in shape and the sky was round, so they used the circle and square to symbolize heaven and earth. Here in the mural, artists let the couple hold those tools to imply that they are the gods of the creation of heaven and earth. The appearance in this Buddhist cave of the traditional Chinese mythological ancestors of Chinese humanity reflects the compatibility of Buddhism with Chinese culture. Actually, when Buddhism was introduced into China, monks often used native gods to preach Buddhist teachings. The myth of the sun and the moon is an eternal topic in many nations and civilizations. The same is true of Buddhist civilization, incorporating these celestial bodies into its Buddhist system of gods. Here in Cave 285, not only can we find the sun god and moon god from Chinese culture, but also their counterparts from other cultures. At the top of the west wall, you can find a deity on a two-wheeled chariot drawn by two pairs of horses running in opposite directions. Why were the horses running in different directions? Well, we do not know. Perhaps the rider did have some magical powers, or perhaps it's just for the sake of beautiful artistic symmetry. Some scholars believe this image is a combination of the Indian sun god Surya, the Central Asian sun god Mithra, and the Greek sun god Helios, indicating that this sun god is deeply influenced by various cultures, including Persian culture, although its appearance is oriental. Below the sun god are two wrestlers in a four-wheeled chariot. One raises both arms and supports the sun god above him. The other one holds a shield in the shape of a human face and drives the chariot drawn not by horses, but by three phoenix birds. In traditional Chinese culture, the phoenix is the symbol of the sun god. Again, this image is a combination of Chinese and non-Chinese cultural symbols, a combination which is extremely rare to find elsewhere in the world. The arrangement is mirrored on the opposite side, where the moon god is depicted. She is also supported by two wrestlers in a four-wheeled chariot, drawn this time by lions. A god or goddess riding a lion-pulled chariot is common in Greek mythology. So, as you can see, different cultural symbols and immortals 
along with the immortals from Chinese myths, were all assimilated into Buddhism in Dunhuang. And this also makes Dunhuang a grand gathering place for various cultures and arts from around the world. We will continue our exploration inside Cave 285 and unveil the proof of when the cave was constructed in our next episode. Special thanks go out to the Dunhuang Academy and Sanliang Zhongdu for contributing to the content of this podcast. If you like the show, do give us a five-star rating or a review. I'm Graham Stevens. Stay tuned for our next episode of Why We Love Dunhuang.